Hi everyone, it's Jenny back with Lorraine. How are you, Lorraine? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. It's still enjoying the sunny weather. Yeah, I'm I'm struggling to be honest. <laughs> are you? But you'll you'll yeah. miss it when it's gone. Yeah, probably. Yeah. It just makes life so much easier, I think. Yeah, I mean I've been out this morning with the dogs, it's just been it's been beautiful. Yeah, it's good. Long may it continue. Let's hope it, it keeps up for the kids actually being off instead of going all miserable over the summer holidays. Yeah, it was quite nice because we've had half term in the UK. Well, not in the UK, in England. Yes. I don't know about. I don't think. I don't think Northern Ireland got it either. You don't get half term no, in May. No, we do don't you? get it. We had. It's the first year that we've had nice weather for half term in a long time. Lovely. Yeah. yeah. Nice. But my guys have only got four weeks, well, three and a half weeks now to go, um, and then that's them off. Yeah, I think uh, it's the same as Northern Ireland. Yeah, end of June we finish. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we digress. This week on the show, um, we have Casper, who you'll all know probably as he's one of our ambassadors and just an all-round lovely guy, quite a character, full of fun. Yeah. And he's mostly, he talks about his journey and things, but he also talks about coming out. And there are some really good tips in there that I hope everyone will find useful. And what about on the page, Lorraine? Um, usual stuff, community success stories, going live in the VIC group. The, we've got a Pride uh, Discovery Box giveaway running at the moment because this month is Pride Month. Great. So if you go over to our main Facebook page, pinned to the top of the page, it's running all month. Somebody can win a Pride Discovery Box. We're also going to have a few other giveaways throughout the month, so we'll probably give away a few of the Pride Wave bangles. So people need to follow us on Instagram as well. Great. So definitely keep an eye out for all that. Right, we'll listen to Casper and then we'll be back afterwards to tell you what we think. Bye. Bye. We love Annette and we love a chat. We love to help and that's a fact. So we have made it our mission to find stuff out. From diagnosis and education, slimming out of pure frustration. Chat to folks who've been there too, collect it together and share it with you. If you know someone we should speak to, send them our way and that's what we'll do. We like to have our sensory natters. You know what? Hi everyone, it's Jenny back again with another Sensory Matters show. And today we have got Casper. Say hi Casper. Hi. Hi. And I'm sure most of you know Casper because he's one of our ambassadors um, and does a great job for us. And he's also got Flappy Hands and Stim's Instagram and Facebook page and YouTube as well. Yeah. Yeah. Which which is your favourite to go on? Probably Instagram because I've got more of a community on there. Yeah. So, yeah. So you get more in- interaction. And I, yeah. I, I love the name. So how did you come up with ha- Flappy Hands and Stims? It was just the first thing that came to my head. Like, there's no story behind it. Right, okay. Um, <laughs> but it's, I it's, don't know. Well, it's fab. It works. It's fab. Um, great. So we were going to talk about, because um, what we've discovered and seems to be part of our community is quite a lot of people who have autism are also gay. Um don't really know the why for that but it just seems to be the way it is um so we wanted to talk about um coming out and how you can handle that so I guess if we go back to the beginning for you when did you first realize that you were gay um how did you know for certain and then um how did you manage all of that and come out to people um I would have been about 
14, maybe 15. Okay. And um, it's going to sound weird, but I watched a documentary on gay people. Okay. And then I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds like me. <laughs> so what then, what was it in that documentary that made you think, that sounds like me? It was a weird BBC3 one that was called, like, Young Gay and Looking for Love or something along those lines. Right. And uh, it was all, like, young adults just talking about Grindr and stuff. It was when it was Right. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's how I look at guys too. Like, that must be normal. Yes. And then as I got to, like, 16, 17, I started developing feelings for people. And I was like, yeah, yeah, this is uh, who I am. Okay. And were you quite comfortable with that or were you frightened about telling people? Um, I was when I was at school, yeah. Okay. Because the school environment can be not very nice for gay people. Yeah. So um, I didn't tell anyone when I was at school. Well, I told close friends, but I didn't tell like the whole school. Okay. So what do you think is, is most people's biggest fear about coming out? Um, people changing the way they look at them, probably. Okay. And people not accepting them and losing friends and losing family members. And yeah. Stuff like that, probably. And, and do you think in this day and age those fears are rational? Um, sort of, because homophobia does still exist. And even though it's not as much of an issue as it used to be, it, it's still there. So it is a totally rational thing. Yeah. Although, do you feel now that it's the minority that would be that way? Yeah, I think the majority of people are probably comfortable and they find it quite easy to come out and stuff. Yeah. I suppose it's it's... It's being what everyone thought you were for years of your life and then saying something that changes who you are to those people. Um, that That's probably what it is, that they know you one way and then to tell them that you're something different. Is yeah. It, yeah. yeah. So when you, So you came out to your friends first. Yeah. And how did you do that? Um... I just straight out told them, and they were like, we go. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. I, um, I just told them. Yes. Yeah. It was one of them I'd kept to myself for so long, I needed to get it off my chest. Yeah. Eventually, it did. Yeah. And how did that, was it, did you have to build yourself up to doing it? Did you decide, right, I'm seeing them tomorrow lunchtime, I'm going to do it? Or was it just an accidental thing that you just felt, this is the right moment, I'm going to say it now? Um, um, I built myself up to it. Okay. And then I practiced and wrote down what I was going to say. Oh, okay. And I told them, and then they were like, yeah, we know. <laughs> okay. I thought, no, I didn't need to do all that preparation at all. But do you think the preparation helped you? Yeah. Okay, how did it help? Well, I knew what I was going to say, and, um, and I'd been thinking about it for a while, and I knew how to explain it to them. Yeah. Okay. So, so pretend I'm them. What would you have said? 
put me on the spot. <laughs> Sorry. I, um, I was just like, can I talk to you about something? I said, yeah. And then I was like, um, um, and I was like, um, I've been thinking about it a lot, and I think I like guys, and they were like, yeah, we know. Okay. So um, I just um, straight out said it. Yeah. It was one of those things I'd spent so much time thinking about it, I felt like I needed to prepare it. Yeah, okay. Even it was just a sentence. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I guess for you, all your friends were accepting of it that you told that day. Yeah. Great. So that, that shows to me, because one of the things you said earlier is you're worried that, you know, your friends won't be friends anymore or whatever, then that shows true friendship, doesn't it? If they're, you yeah. know, absolutely. So then you told your family? Um, yeah, I told my family. And how, um, how did you do that? Was that the same? No. Um, my family didn't know for a while, and then I came home with a guy. Okay. And that's how they found out. Right. So how did they I, react? I didn't know them. They were just like, oh, okay. And we've, we've never actually spoken about it, so they must be accepting. Yeah. So how did they know when you came home with a guy that it was like a boyfriend guy rather than just a friend guy? I told them. Okay. I was like, this is my boyfriend. Okay. <laughs> and they were just like, okay, hello. Right. Yeah. And that was it. Okay. That was it. Never spoken about it, but it, it, it's pretty obvious by now. Yeah. Okay. So they, you probably, you think they probably suspected anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that when you've done, we've, we've done a few um, sensory support surgeries with Chewy Gem where we're helping people talk about a range of different things. And one of the things that you volunteered to talk about was gay and, and coming out as gay. And you got quite a few calls um, about that and chats about that, didn't you? And I know that yeah. you, you helped them a lot. So what kind of things did you say and do that we could offer to the people listening to this that would be of real help to people thinking about coming out? Um, I just explained to them that, that, that um, it's a very brave thing to do yeah. and you shouldn't rush into it at all. Like um, You need to do it at your own pace. Like uh, You don't need to listen to friends or go off how other people came up. Um, came out or, um, or whatever yeah uh, you just need to uh, do it at your own pace yeah and um, I've told quite a few people to uh, write a letter okay because it's a lot easier than talking to people face to face and obviously most of the people I've been talking to have autism as well yes so they've been worried about the eye contact yeah and finding the right words so I've just said, uh, write a letter if you struggle with eye contact. Yeah. And struggle with finding the right words in some situations. Because it's a lot easier. You can just leave it on um, your bedside table and then uh, go out for the day. Yeah. And your family will read it. Yeah. Yeah, that, that seems like a great tip. Because it gives you time to, I guess, if, you put on the, if you're putting yourself on the spot and you're talking um, about you know being gay then you you might fluff your words and not say exactly the right thing when put under pressure whereas if you, you can really work on a letter and and do things like saying you know i'm i'm no different to who i was yesterday um i'm still exactly the same person and 
it, it just means I like guys or girls and, and that's it. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it's good that you've had such a positive experience through coming out. Yeah, I've had quite a good experience. I'm quite lucky, really. Yeah. And what about from the autism side? When when were you diagnosed? I was diagnosed last year in November. Okay, so quite yeah, late, yeah. really. Yeah. Okay. And did you suspect anything prior to that? Well, I did, because um, I saw a counsellor a year before, um, um, and they said, um, oh, yeah, you're autistic. Um, um, so I thought I was diagnosed. Right. Um, 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 and I went to apply for personal independence payment, and they were like, hang about a minute, this isn't a proper diagnosis. Okay. So then I went to the doctor and got referred to an actual assessment place. Right. Okay. Now I'm officially autistic. <laughs> yeah. And, and does so has being officially autistic helped? Um, sort of. I've been getting a lot more support at like the job centre and stuff like that. Um, and they've got a special autism worker lady. Right. And she just sits sits in and makes sure my work coach is doing everything properly. Great. And have, are you working at the moment? No. But you're doing volunteering um, or? Yeah, I volunteer with their autistic children. Oh, fab. Are you enjoying that? Yeah, it's uh, something different. It's hard work, but quite yeah. rewarding. Yeah, and I guess that's all just experience for your CV and getting a job. Yeah. Do you, yeah, do you know well, what, what you want to do, job-wise? I've not got a clue what I want to do. Right. At all. No? But I'll figure something out eventually. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, so the other thing that I wanted to chat to you about is I'd watched a few of your videos and I've seen Alex, who's just lovely, um, your boyfriend, for anyone that doesn't know. Um I've got a lot of fans now. Yeah, I bet. People want to see more of him. Yeah, I, I saw that, a few comments. We want more Alex. Um, so how, how did you two meet? Uh, we met on Tinder. Oh, do really? Fab. I I've... Think you're okay with me saying that. <laughs> well, if... Coming on a podcast. Well, I'll tell you what, you can check and we can take it out if if, uh, if he's not. Yeah, I'll text him later. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we met on Tinder. Okay. Now, you see, because I'm old and these things didn't exist in my day, explain to me, how does Tinder work? Um, it's a dating app and you have to swipe green if you like people and red if you don't like people. Wow, that's harsh, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So and, uh, we met on that because my friend liked him. Right. I didn't like him. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, we met up and went on a few dates, and then ended up together. Fab. So you were on. Why? Why did you go on Tinder versus meeting people in the so-called more conventional way? Um. Because I've always been very, very anxious to talk to people. And a lot of my friends, like, meet people in bars and clubs, and I just can't do that. No. No. I find it a lot easier meeting people behind the screen. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. I think a lot of people feel like that these days. Um, and I guess with the autism as well, then it, it will be harder for you. Because did I see another video where you were talking about tips for going to a party? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, because I'd not, I'd not actually, I'd not actually thought of that. And when I watched that, I thought that is so spot on true that of course 
going to a party where there's going to be music and lights and depending on your sensory sensitivities, it's not going to be yeah. the ideal place to be. But it's where most people your age hang out. Yeah. So, yeah, um, real challenge. Okay, so you met, you met Alex on Tinder, you started dating. So how long have you guys been together? Oh, this is a question. Uh, two years next month, I think. Oh, lovely. Great. So he obviously knew that you were autistic. Yeah. And um, I've seen the interview. It's just not doesn't phase Alex at all. He's quite, you know, yeah. happy with it all, which is fantastic. And you did a video where there's tips. Uh, well, I suppose, what's it like dating an autistic person? And you had your questions yeah. that you asked Alex, which is really fab. So from your point of view, if someone's um, going to be dating a neurotypical person, then what tips could you give them for, for dating? Um, ask them to explain things, definitely. Okay. Because I get very confused when people use, like, sarcasm or, like, when someone pretends to be happy and they're actually grumpy. Okay. Like, I take things very literally. And you have to ask neurotypical people to explain because they don't, and it gets confusing. Okay, yeah. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Anything else? Um, um, explain to them when you're struggling. Yeah. Because um, Alex, as much as I love him, can be pretty oblivious. Right. To when I'm struggling with sensory stuff or anything else. Okay. So I do have to communicate uh, with him that I am struggling. Yeah. So... Yeah, communication is key, really. Yeah, I suppose that's the same in any relationship, isn't it? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay, and, and what about from um, your point of view in terms of if you were going to say to a neurotypical person, so you're saying the autistic person should communicate when they're not feeling great and ask them to explain everything. What can the neurotypical person do in return? Um, they can do the same. Um, they can explain when something's wrong or explain when they're upset and explain why in detail. Yeah. Because I don't understand when people are upset with me unless they explain in great detail and I know a lot of people have the same issue. Yeah. Can you give us an example of where someone's been upset with you and you've not, you've not got it and then it's been explained? Um... Like, if someone's said, like, oh, no, I'm not angry that you've eaten my chocolate or something. And they are. And then, like, an hour or so later, someone's been like, yeah, but you've been, uh, you've had a face on you all day. And you've said you're not angry. And then I've been acting like it's normal. And the other person's been like, yeah, they've been angry with you all day. If you not noticed, you not <laughs> <laughs> yeah do you know what um, having spoken to Luke yesterday um, was it yesterday well it doesn't matter when I spoke to him but when I spoke to Luke who's just so interesting as well and you know Luke obviously yeah one of our friends yeah he's a great guy and um, I had a bit of a kind of penny drop moment where I've decided that autism is, is almost like having a superpower because it's a bit like being more straightforward than yeah. and which actually simplifies everything so if everyone yeah. was just I am angry 
and they're angry and they're not trying to not be angry, then life would be so much more straightforward, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And the whole thing, one of the things that Luke um, was chatting about was it might not be, we were talking about transgender, that um, it might not be that there are more autistic people that are transgender. It's maybe just that autistic people are more comfortable saying they are because they're less concerned or aware of the the impact of that on other people so it doesn't worry them as much yeah so i was saying that that just basically means autistic people are more open-minded yeah so being straightforward no hidden emotions and being open-minded is i think an advance in the human state yeah yeah it would make life a lot easier if everyone was like that it would wouldn't it yeah. Yeah. So um, you you obviously had your diagnosis late, and you had the mention of autism when you were twenty one, and you went to see the counsellor. What was life yeah. like before that at primary school, secondary school? Well, I just thought it was normal. Like um, in primary school, I didn't really have. I had like two friends. Yeah. And uh, I was a bit weird. When you say weird, in what way? In what way? Like, I'd be off in my own little world and uh, I wanted to be a turkey at one point. That was a bit weird. Be a turkey? Like the animal, not the food. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I was a bit of a strange child. Okay. So what, what do you mean, be a turkey? You just wanted to turn into a turkey? Yeah, I wanted to be a turkey when I grew up. Like, normal people want to be like dinosaurs. <laughs> okay. And I was like, I want to be a turkey. Yeah. And I just thought it was completely normal until I got to high school. Okay. When I really saw how different I was from everyone else. Right. So what? Because that was when everybody started to grow up and, like, go off into little cliques and talk about boys and football and whatever yeah and I was still there like quite childish really still wanting still still wanting to be a turkey I think I've grown out of that okay at that point yeah um so I just spend most of my free time in the library on my own and how 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 did that feel I made quite good friends with the librarian, so that's good. I'm still in touch with her now. Oh, brilliant. Uh, we still recommend books to each other, so that's good. Yeah. But, um, like, at the time, it felt really lonely because I had, like, two friends. Yeah. And they were the only people that would talk to me. And, they... and I, was, I was picked on quite a lot because, obviously... I was quite different, even though I didn't think I was. Mm-hmm. And apparently the school didn't pick up on it either. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah, um, uh, the school didn't pick up on any of it whatsoever. Right. Um, I hadn't even heard of autism. Well, I'd obviously heard of it, but I didn't know about it in a lot of detail until I was about 18. Okay. Because I knew nothing about it. Like, at school, it was never mentioned yeah, and so you did. You did okay academically. That was all fine. Yeah, I did fine academically. Like I got all um, A's and B's. I passed everything. Fab. So it seems like primary school, 
you were just like a quirky kid. That's how you would yeah. have been viewed. That's how you viewed yourself. And then, so so you don't have any kind of horrible memories from primary school, if you like, of feeling really different. Yeah. Um, but that maybe kicked in more in secondary school. Yeah, because I was bullied a lot for being different. And, and did the school do anything about that? No. Did you tell anyone about it? Yeah, I told the librarian, and uh, she tried to tell the, uh, the head teacher, but they just said it just happened. She's been sacked now, so... Oh, right. Okay. Um, so, yeah, bullying just happens. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And was it physical or verbal? Oh, it was verbal. So it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, it's the whole thing, sticks and stones can break my bones, but names will never hurt me. I think that's the biggest load of nonsense ever. Yeah. Names can be really cruel. Um, yeah, but I sort, of, I sort of got used to it just kind of became numb to it ignored it yeah i just got completely used to it like it's it, one of them things that if you have it every day you're bound to get used to it you are but at the same time if you have it every day it's also going to be affecting you yeah and it do, was affected me a bit but it could have affected me like a lot more i think so how how did you handle that what how have you prevented it affecting you as badly as it could have done um i've changed who I talk to completely. Okay. Like, I don't... I've got one friend from school who I was friends with from year seven onwards and we're still friends now. Yeah. Apart from that, I don't talk to anyone from school whatsoever. Like, I've changed my friendship group and that's helped a lot. Yes, I bet. I bet. Because different people, so... Yeah. Now, don't don't feel like you have to answer this next question, but you mentioned you were a counsellor when you were 21 and he said you're autistic. So oh, yeah. what was the counselling for? Um, I have um, 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 I have anxiety and depression. Okay. And it was CBT for anxiety. And did, th did that help? No. No. So do you believe in CBT? Personally... It's no good for me, but um, it could work for some people. If you're offered it, jump at the chance. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right, isn't it? Because not every, every, everyone's different how they respond to these things. So the anxiety and depression is obviously another thing that is heavily linked to autism or comes quite often hand in hand with it. And I've always wondered with that, is that just because or do you think it's as a result of the experiences you have in, in early life impacting you um yeah i know for a fact that has impacted me yeah because um, um i think my anxiety has a lot to do with school because it, it first started when i was i was diagnosed with it when i was 15 and i was put on medication when i was 16 okay which is very young yeah like medication and uh, uh that was when the panic attack started Right. Because I'd, um, I'd be scared of going into certain classrooms because there were people in the class. Yeah. And that was how it all manifested. Okay. Really. And were your family supportive? Sort of. Like, um, I live with my grandparents and they're still very much in the view of you need to get over it and mental health issues don't exist. Okay. But, but uh, that's how they felt before they saw me without my medication anyway. 
Right. And then I went two weeks without my medication. They saw a proper panic attack. And they were like, okay, yeah, this is a thing. Right. Like, the second they saw it, they were like, this is a thing, and I'm really sorry. Yeah. I was like, exactly, yeah, that's what I've been trying to tell you for years. Yeah. Okay. So your your anxiety at its worst presents itself in in the form of a panic attack. Yeah. Yeah. And do you still get that now as an adult? Um, not as much now I'm on medication. Mm-hmm. But um, I still do. I don't really get the physical sides of it, like the not breathing. Yeah. But I'll have the my mind spinning, if that makes sense. Yeah. occasionally but not very often but that's because of medication like if I wasn't on medication I would still be having them every day I think yeah so in terms of you know going into a situation do do you know before you go somewhere that it's going to be somewhere that's going to make you anxious or does some yeah or or do you ever end up somewhere and suddenly you're surprised by how anxious you are um it's normally I'm prepared for how anxious I'm going to be because if it's like a busy place, obviously the autism go hand, goes hand in hand with it. Yeah. So it's, am I going to melt down or, um, um, or, or am I going to have a panic attack? It's like lucky day, basically. Okay. Well, because they're interchangeable. Yes. What do you prefer? If you were going to choose to have a meltdown or a panic attack, what's, what's easier for you? I think I'd go for meltdown because it's easier to, and I don't feel like I'm dying. Right. Like, um, but um, if it's a really busy place or like somewhere I've not been yeah, before, some, um, some places I can feel when it's going to be really bad. Like if it's somewhere really busy, like a party or um, occasionally a shopping centre, depending which shopping centre I go to. I would tell you the names, but that will probably mean nothing to most people. No, it won't. Um, but uh, there's a really big one. And... It's really warm and really bright, and you go in, and you feel like that, like uh, you can lose a full day in there, and it feels like you've been in for an hour. Right. Sort of shopping centre. Yeah. And before I go in that one, I'm always like, right, I'm not going to panic, I'm not going to panic, and then I walk in and I panic, and it's like, oh, oh dear. <laughs> so, so do you have any... Um... Like, how, how do you, what can you do? Is Have you got any strategies that if you feel that panic coming or you feel a meltdown coming, can you ever stop it from happening? Yeah, um, I've learned how to stop panic attacks now. Um, so and there's the uh, five thing technique. And what you've got to do is you've, uh, you've got to list out loud five things you can see, four things you can hear, three things you can feel, and two things you can smell. Okay. And um, and uh, that means you're thinking about other things. And then um, 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 and after you've um, um, you've uh, listed all those things, um, yeah. chances are um, your mind will be on something else, and you won't be panicking anymore. Yeah, that's a really uh, good strategy. And it reminds me of one to do with sleep um, that I was told, which is very similar. Which is if you can't get sleep at night, then keep your eyes open find a point on the wall or wherever that you you fix your eyes on and without moving what five things you can see so you might see the corner of your curtains or a bit of your wardrobe and then you list four things um that you can feel so it might be your leg lying on the mattress and um 
pins and needles in your hand or whatever else, and then three things that, sorry, five, 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 and then five things that you can hear. So it might be the central heating whirling or whatever else, and you count down. You do those three things five times, then four times, then three times, two times, one time. And because your eyes are fixed and you're thinking about these things, by the end of it, you, your eyes are just falling, um, going. It's a really good way to get to sleep too. Yeah. So do you do you sleep okay? Um, no. Um, 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 I was put on sleeping pills yesterday, actually. Right. I've not tried them out because last night I was just so tired from lack of sleep. I just passed out. Okay. But you're going to give it a go? Yeah, I'm going to give it a go tonight, and hopefully they won't make me feel like a zombie. Yeah, and you're feeling okay about trying them? Um, I'm a bit nervous because sleeping tablets just feel really unnatural. Yeah. And they just make me feel like... Um, it just feels like they shouldn't be a thing. I know, but, but then if you need the help, you need the help, don't you? Yeah, I'm going to try them and see... How it goes. Yeah, can't hurt to give it a go, can it? So um, that was that was a really good strategy for handling anxiety. Have you got any strategies for handling meltdowns and, and what meltdowns look like for you? Um, I'd say um, try to avoid the situation if possible. Um, um, explain to someone that you need to leave. Yeah. Um, and the situation maybe with a text or something. Just be like, I'm struggling. Can we leave? Can we go somewhere quiet? I need to calm down. Yeah. Yeah, so that um, goes back to what you were saying before about that communication, that if you've prepared the people you're with to understand how you are and that this is yeah. a possibility, so that when you say, I need to leave, they take you seriously, then that's going to yeah. help. Yeah. So I know, I know that when I watched the video where you and Alex were chatting, one of the questions someone had sent in was... Um, how did Alex cope with a meltdown? Um, and he was saying that I think the first time he saw it was it was a bit of a an eye opener, and yeah, it took him took him off guard. I think so. Um, what what did Alex see that day? Um, basically, when I can feel myself about to have a meltdown or having a meltdown, even I get really angry and just want to be left alone to calm myself down on my own. Yeah. And um, and um, um, he tried to hug me, and he kept on trying to hug me, and and um, I couldn't deal with physical contact. Yeah. So I screamed at him to get away from me. Right. And I was quite nasty. Mhm. Yeah. And how did you feel after that? Um, 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 I felt really bad. Like I apologized to him and he said that he understood, but I still felt really, really guilty for screaming at him. Yeah. And I would guess from his point of view that the natural human response is to go and hug someone if they seem upset. Yeah. So he's doing what he thinks is right. But again, it's back to your communication and now he understands that. So he knows exactly yeah. how, how to behave, which is really He knows good. to leave me alone if I tell him to leave me alone. Yeah. Yeah, so do you have any other feelings after a meltdown, apart from guilt? Um, I'm always really tired. Yeah. And, like, I can't be bothered um, doing much or focusing on much. Yeah. So, so I normally do something that you don't need much thought for. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, now the other thing that I need to talk about is your ears, because they're, they're, they're fascinating. Um, yeah. And how on earth does that happen? 
How, how do you do that? Um, basically, these are 16 millimeters. Mm-hmm. And to start off with, you uh, you obviously get a normal air piercing. And you stick these big bits of plastic through at varying sizes. I started at three millimeters, which really, really hurt. But I know quite a lot of people start at 0.5. Okay. But I threw myself in at the deep end because the stretches were really expensive and I didn't want to waste loads of money. Right. And so they then just gradually get bigger and you put a bigger one in to get it bigger and bigger. Wow. And so how long has it taken you to get to 16 millimetres? It's taken me just under a year, I'd say, because I go up in... um, I've been going up in stages of three. Right. Okay. So is that quite fast then? Yeah, and it saves a lot of money, but it is a lot of pain. And do you think you'll go any bigger? No, I'm going to stay at this. I think I'd look uh, um, 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 weird with any bigger because I've got a really small head. (laughs) Okay. Well, I think they're awesome and definitely part of you and your personality. Um, So the other thing I need to know, being a Chewy Gem ambassador, which is your favourite Chewy Gem? The veteran school pendant. So that's the camouflage one. Yeah. And what is it you like about it? Um, 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 it matches almost every outfit mm-hmm. because it's got black, grey and white, which are the only three colours I wear. Okay. Um, I like the texture Okay. of the like ridge side. Yeah. And I like the shape as well. There's loads of different ways you can chew it. Okay. But I do destroy it in a week or so, unfortunately. Okay, that's that's a downside, and I think it's weighing up. Um, you know, some people, the, the skull will last a long time, but I know you're a particularly aggressive chewer. I believe you can even destroy a button, which there are probably only yeah. an exclusive club of about 12 people in the world that have achieved that. Um, yeah, I bite them in half. Do you? Yeah. In half? My God, do you not get yeah. your ache? Um, yeah. Yeah, I bet but, you do. Yeah, I do. Because I've got a weak jaw as well, which right. is why I can't, I can't use the thicker ones. Right. The jaw dislocates. Oh, man. I was going to say, it can't be that weak if you're biting through a button. Yeah. <laughs> That's impressive. Um, what about the bangles? How would you get on with them? Uh, um, I've never actually ripped one touch wood. Okay. That's good. Why, so Why do you think that is? Um, I think it's because there's more space uh, that you can chew them. So do you kind of and rotate the position? Yeah, Where you can all... move it around. Yeah. yeah. Do you find that with the button and the skull, you chew in the same place on them? Yeah, and if I don't, um, there's just more than one rip and it's even worse. Yeah, okay. Fab, well, it's been really good to chat to you, Casper, but I think before we go, if you were going to give the people watching and listening one tip... Um, for managing their life with autism or coming out or any any of the things we've spoken about, what would it be? Try not to be cool. Try not to be cool. I like it. So just be true to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, thank you very, very much. That has been really interesting chatting to you. Um, and, yeah, head over to Flappy Hands and Stim's Instagram, Facebook page and YouTube channel to hear more from Casper and more from Alex, hopefully, in the future too. Yeah. Okay, thanks everyone. Bye. Bye. So that was Casper. What did you think, Lorraine? I think Casper's great. He's so easy to listen to and his tips are brilliant. 
Absolutely. He really is. And I think it's just fantastic that someone so young can talk so openly and honestly, and that will just have so much benefit for everybody else out there who's in a similar yeah. position. And that's why he's one of our ambassadors, because youngsters will look up to him and they can totally. see his journey and what he's come through and they know that they can do it themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Now, in other news, hopefully by the time this is out, um, we will be maybe one week away from revealing what we've been on about for ages about this really, yes. really exciting um, package that we've put together for the VICs. So that's dead exciting. So um, if you're not a VIC yet, then sign up because it's going to be utterly amazing. And it's going to be so good that even if you haven't got any sensory challenges at all, you're still going to want to be part of this yeah. group because the benefits are so fantastic. Um, so you've got that hopefully to look forward to. And also next week on the podcast, we've got Katie from Invisible Eye. And she is just an incredible superstar. So I'm sure you'll get a lot from that. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else to add before we go, Lorraine? Just that we're still working hard. The autism show is weeks away. We're very excited and we hope to see loads of you there. Yeah. Great. I love it when we go and put faces to names and see people yeah, we brilliant. know. It's good. Get out of the, the office for a bit. Yeah. Okay. Well, have a good week, everyone. And we'll be back next week. Bye. Bye. You know what? <laughs>